how many times over the past, let's say, three election seasons did you hear, my vote doesn't count anyway, or voting doesn't make a difference, you're wasting your time. Let me tell you, (laughs) I would gladly waste my time 10,000 times over if it meant never having to experience November 9th, 2016. I remember going to work the morning after the 2016 election and one of the first questions I was bombarded with was, how did you know she wouldn't win? And I laughed because I just, I looked at at them and I said, because people are terrible. What do you mean? Um, But in all seriousness, hope may spring eternal, but even hope couldn't help her. It wasn't enough to undo the reality of America having had a black man at the helm for two consecutive terms. Like... There was nothing she could have done. Not a popular vote, not nothing. Not There was nothing because <laughs> this is America. This is the United States of America, okay? Um, my colleagues were devastated and so were my students. Some of them at least. Many of them were confused and afraid and they had reason to be. Remember, I mentioned I teach uh, speakers of other languages. They had questions and we tried our very best to answer them, but there was very little we could do. You know, we really, we were ill-equipped. Just, I mean, just to put it plain, their innocence was shattering right before us, and we were simply there to bear witness. A certain hell was coming, a threat their brains did not know what to do with, and we were just like, well, what do we do? What do you do? What could you do? When you know who your enemy is, but you're powerless against them. You're you're defenseless in the fight against them. Or you think. A part of me really wanted to welcome them to my world, you know? Guide them like a spiritual docent through this heavily flawed human experiment, you know? Another part of me, the better part of me, probably the inner child, wanted to protect them from the reality of what was sure to come. You can ask my friends. I am a fervent believer in allowing people's stories to just become, you know? I fully believe everyone has a story 
including our students, and it is not our job to intervene in the development of those stories. Every antagonist, secondary character, plot twist, false endings, it all belongs to them. Sometimes, sometimes though, you bear witness to a thing and it changes you. In their moment of grief, they needed something that we don't always feel or see anymore, especially in this modern day society. They needed a connection. My colleagues and I became a safe haven. But before I go any further, I don't want to make this episode about us and how great we were at you know, being there for our students in their time of need. Um, Because this, this is not what this episode is about. We did, re, you know, we responded how any compassionate person would have. I only bring up the story because when I look back on it, I can see the beautiful mosaic of ethnicities that filled the room that day for so many days actually my colleagues along with all of our students so much culture makes you realize how important community is I'm Dorcas Dorsell. Welcome to episode seven of Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell. Today, we're going to talk about being better with community. Stay tuned. So, if you ever hear me talking about my brother, I'm usually talking about the incredibly gifted, don't let it get to your head, teacher, writer, poet, activist, Aaron Isaiah. He has been on the front lines of early voting and voting in general this year. So I guess we will start there. What prompted you to get out and become involved with the 2020 election? I say it was a lack of information, a lack of not knowing. Um, I am 27 years old and my first, let's say the first two elections where I was eligible to vote, I was in college and in college, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's known to be Uh, the cute civic thing to do to get out and vote and really that's just it you know you really don't where where I went to school we didn't just delve into it you know we did have a lot of political conversations uh, but uh, I don't think we knew as much as we, 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 we could know and part of that is because in a lot of southern states uh the civic curriculum in school has been gutted for a long time and 
after you finally matriculate out and you know you get into the real world like the college you know like those who have been in college tell you you find out that there's this this whole other world um beneath the one that you're trying to navigate through and that you really just don't know it and that was uh the world of civics and voting and and what it meant um for me and it it you know it made me realize okay I need to really figure this out. And then, of course, you go through a whole year of um, a Trump presidency um, and you get to see the fallout of the election with Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And you start to to uh, wonder, are adults okay right now? Um, (laughs) I remember that was one of my first thoughts in my head um, because the media outlets, you know, said that trump would never win or he would never do this and never do that and everything they end up saying he would never do he did all of those things and so uh it it came to a point where i was i i didn't feel like i could depend on what i was watching on tv and i don't think anyone could um depend on what they saw on tv so when you can't depend on what you see or when you can't depend on the experts you know leading you through uh, a system you don't really know mm-hmm. it kind of puts something in you uh, to where you start to ask yourself okay how can i learn this for myself and i think volunteering in this year's election uh was finally that 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 moment for me where it was uh that moment where i was like okay how can i you know um increase awareness for myself and it was the perfect thing to do by the way all of my other siblings (laughs) graduated (laughs) went to and are graduating from an hbcu just fyi so with that being said why do you think it wasn't taught to you because civic pride and civic duty is is like entrenched in um, the intellectually gifted African American uh, based on our history. It's kind of like this is what you do. You get your education. You become successful. You you use your civic rights because it's your responsibility like this is part of our history we are going to keep it going we are uh, fruits of our ancestors this is supposed to be the progression why do you think it was just something that seemingly became so trivial I believe it became so trivial because um, not enough time had went um went towards the next generation realizing everything that 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 voting um that voting meant you know you know we know that i think we got used to hearing the the i guess the regular three points of five points on voting you know your ancestors died for it um um martin luther king the civil rights movement these are things that 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 led to you being able to vote you know uh when you were a slave you couldn't vote and i believe that became the repeating record through and through and it's coming for us to like take up that mantle and 
we really haven't got we really didn't get the other side of that education like okay um after you give me the five points of why uh, a young black american should vote okay can you tell me literally how the process works for me and i never remember a person coming in elementary school or middle school or high school or even college to even really talk about where the votes went how the votes were counted a lot of things we were guessing like i remember when um you know states were flipping and or i remember when hillary clinton um there was this big crazy confusion about how a woman could get the popular vote and still not win the overall election and you know for the first time young uh millennials we we came in contact with the question okay what is the electoral college and what does that got to do with this because it was a part of the election system we hadn't really been taught and uh but you know we were learning speaking of education in the system mm -hmm. i always think about the system the of education and i always um, talk about how intentional it is that students especially students in underprivileged areas um marginalized communities are often not taught social studies or civics it's one of those classes that you get to and in high school especially because i think it's a requirement to graduate in tennessee um u.s government and civics but it's one of those classes that you also uh, just take a couple of exams and you don't get a full picture of it ever. And if we are just the second generation and the third generation of our parents who were a part of the civics rights, just they were of age during the civil, civil uh, rights movement, then we wouldn't know because they also didn't know. Um, at least not through education. It's one of those things where you literally have to teach yourself. And if you don't teach yourself, then you will just, you won't get it. And if we look at the world today, look at US, we are living in a country that kind of, you know, hates knowledge for the most part. So when you say you needed an education, about what this really meant um, and how it would affect our cities and how it would affect our states and on the federal level. It just makes me think about how you cannot fight your enemy if you don't know your enemy. You know, it's like you are being set up to, to fail. You're being set up to lose because honestly, how many of us are going to go into a space and admit that I really don't know. I really <laughs> don't know about this. Yeah, I know I should do this and yeah, I know I could do this, but I really don't know if it's that important. Yeah, and I think that's where the trend comes in. It becomes to, to, to be a trend, something you do like almost like uh, going to a Easter Sunday service. You know, you know, the attire, you know, the agenda, you've done it, you know, and and I believe like those things that become trends in African, Amer African American community. Um, it, it's the same for voting. You know, you get used to people telling you to vote. 
you know, okay, I got my sticker. I went in and did it today. I'm going to post it on the gram. I'm going to post it on Twitter. And, you know, it. I believe it just becomes less effective. And like you said, it's like all of those things, they lead us astray. And I think it makes us less effective. I feel like people still get out to the polls, but it's going to start to mean less and less if you don't know exactly why you're doing it. Oh, well, you know, because you always tell yourself, well, it's, it's what I'm supposed to do, right? You know, and somebody will back you up in that sometimes from the older community saying, yes, it's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, what about everything else that, that goes with it? That's that's so important. What, what about talking about the policies? You know, when we talk about policy and uh, what is the policy we want to get out of uh, the representatives we have in office, you know, how they can help us. You know, where's the talk on that? It's not just because it's something you're supposed to do. It's something that really gives you this uh, power. And, and it's funny because it's an innate power because you're an American. Um, but it's also powerful because once you uncover it, it, it's not even, I mean, it's something that voting is something that can, can work. It can really, really work. But I think, uh, the more we, uh, tend to make it a trend, the less effective it'll become. So I think, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I knew I needed to volunteer because I didn't want to go to, um, the polls this year because that's what i was just supposed to do uh i wanted to go to the polls and get a sense of what it truly meant for me to cast the ballot but also for the person to count it and then when that person counts the vote uh how much work do they put in to making sure that vote gets where it needs to get to to get counted um and you know who they who are they calling you know night after night when the polls close you know that's a system that uh i guess from you you can you can say i think i would i think i would know that that goes on because i think we know that poll workers poll workers usually tend to fall in the age range of 50 and up you know you you get the sense that you know those workers are in there all day uh taking your vote but you know you never get the sense of what's really going on after you leave that polling location how much work is going into that election day uh, and now it's like a whole new like it's a whole new wave of emotions now to see um, Joe Biden be president elect after seeing how much went into just the votes in Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> how much went into making sure those were counted right and done right. And, you know, I I would hate to give an opinion on what I'm seeing on TV right now, because I literally had to watch the poll manager, uh, this beautiful, brilliant woman. You can tell she's uh, been working uh, in poll management for for a long time. Her name was uh, Miss Sharon. And uh, she was over that poll the whole time she came in um, when poll watchers had spotted a poll manager who was denying entry um, to uh, one of the locations where I was supposed to be a poll watcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we poll watchers this year had a system, a website system to notify us when there was a potential situation where people were being denied the right to vote. A man would not let a woman vote almost because she had on a uh, Black Lives Matter paraphernalia. 
uh she had on the mask or and and apparently it had been others who uh had come in um during elder voting with those same things on mm-hmm. um but when you learn to be a poll watcher they teach you the code they teach you what's allowed not allowed and because black lives matter is not affiliated with a campaign or any one candidate those you're always allowed to wear those things now make america great again that is a campaign slogan that's attached to a candidate so you wouldn't be able to come into a polling location with that but this poll manager flat out told um a woman who had black lives paraphernalia on that she could not get in and he even went as far as uh to physically intimidate her, try to push her out the poll get her f- to stop voting uh and thank god poll watchers were there to catch him uh and it even got blown up i didn't know that it had been on the news mm-hmm. but uh he was fired and you know new poll managers were sent there and i got to meet the next poll manager and i was a little bit you know i was kind of kind of antsy because i didn't know what to expect i'm like oh would, would, would this poll manager be the same but um how she conducted herself was um above and beyond i think reproach one specific night the poll manager i was watching she had miscounted for one vote and when i tell you it threw the whole entire system off it threw her completely off completely off um we were supposed to get out by like eight o'clock uh but um that she received a call from the commission and this is how you know it's not just a simple a simple act as a as a poll worker counting a vote mm-hmm. and then it being counted no the poll workers literally count votes but the commission is literally in on the process the entire time and they have to work together to make sure everything is correct that night from night to night and so she was off by one count when the commission called her and she they could not find out where one extra ballot or uh what where one missing ballot went and they literally told her okay you need to unhook uh not unhook but you need to take out each machine that you've already put up you need to take those machines out you need to plug them back up they use ipads uh for a lot of um the registering and uh confirming that voters can vote and so she had to take out maybe about four of those hook them back up everybody had went home she sent all of her poll workers home uh and so she had to do it by herself just and i was standing there i'm like well i'm not trained to do that all i can do is watch right now so i think that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna watch (laughs) and i literally had to watch her correct this error for over 30 minutes it seemed like but it, it looked like for her it was a lifetime because she could not account for what went wrong and the whole time i had been there she was on it you know in out okay we got our votes we got our count go home everybody that had been her night from her from night to night and then you get to this one night where it's like okay what's up with this ballot and what turned out to be the problem was a person had voted in our location who wasn't supposed to they needed to go through a written form of some type um to have their voted vote counted another way but they weren't supposed to vote on, on the machine so when the commission saw that this vote this 
vote that uh really didn't have um that 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 the person really wasn't uh permitted to vote they saw it on the machine and it, it, it was an irregularity and they immediately called her like okay why did this person vote and do you have a form for them if they they were permitted to where is a form they have specific forms uh for when they have to let somebody vote or when they can't and so they were really trying to track down okay what's going on with this ballot one ballot i'm I'm not two not three not four not five one ballot it was like she was getting grilled and come to find out her second poll manager because there are at least two over the location the second poll manager had made a mistake he had let somebody get on a machine and vote without making sure they signed uh the right paperwork in order to even be able to cast the ballot but they were never supposed to get on the machine never uh and it took them over 30 minutes to get to this conclusion and i'm sitting there watching the second poll manager like when when they finally come to the fact that okay who was on duty at this point and miss sharon was like he was and he was like yeah that was me Uh, (laughs) and and she had been freaking out this whole time no thank you and she was like she was like okay so that's why my count is off. That she said, "That's why my count is off." Well, thanks, thank you to Miss Sharon. Miss Sharon, I'm say, the Ms. amount Sharon. of pressure, mm-hmm. the the near heart <laughs> attack that had to have come from that situation. I, I, no, I am so grateful for people who are able to uh, participate in in ways like that because I love politics. I absolutely love to vote. And I talked about this on uh, my page, how uh, Doubletree used to set up the voting booths for us so that we could vote when we were younger. And how, like, I mean, and and if you never had that experience, I am so sorry for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering like, where it went to. We went to the same elementary school. And it was so that, like that we used to go with, and it didn't matter. If it was election day for the adults, it was election it's day for, for double tree students, okay? We voted on class president and on class, like it didn't matter. It was so much fun and kudos Kudos to um, 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 the Doubletree veteran teachers out there who most of them have retired um, Mm. and gone on home to glory. Um, But kudos to them because they really did a wonderful job at exposing us to what that type of, to the joy of civic responsibility and how important it is and like right along with your parents this is what you do so it wasn't a surprise when you saw your parents go to the polls and vote you knew what they were doing you never saw presidents do certain things mm-hmm. but now it's like absent of tradition you see what a president if he puts it in his mind to say no to he can say no to it and all you can do is be upset is it yeah all you can um... do is be upset I think Trump taught us a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. A lot. Um, like he he went places. I don't think any human <laughs> in any 
global leadership role, whatever, mm-hmm. ever gone. But when you saw the documentary, what was the one thing that stood out so much to you that, because I also saw that he saw this and that made him want to do more, but you had already signed up to do more before you saw it. So you were already in the process of becoming more involved within your community, but you saw this this documentary and you were just like, do you see this? What? What was your, I cannot believe this is going on moment. Well, uh, Rigged is a beautiful documentary uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it. Uh, it's beautifully terrifying. I think that would be my uh, review for that for that documentary. Um, it is a playbook where I mean, I mean, a playbook of over ten plays, over ten plays. So it's a little bit more than ten, more than likely, where of plays that republicans made after the obama um win uh for the presidency and how republicans were not happy at all about how things played out uh in the election and matter of fact they were terrified because uh democratic values showed up heavy uh with the trump election and they needed to roll back things and they did it in such a big way that it was literally a tactical assault on i guess you can say civics as you know it uh the documentary talks about uh gerrymandering um it talks about uh packing certain court officials from the judges uh from one state to the next state uh, it talks about voting rights and, uh, of course, all the restrictions that they put on it with uh, with the voter ID. Um, and it even talks about how uh, everyday citizens in places like the Carolina states, uh, some of those citizens even t- went as far as to get people um, purged from voter rolls. An, an, an ordinary citizen can do that if they have the code so and i believe it was south carolina and north carolina there was a man who used this old code that said a regular uh a regular citizen could uh challenge the right of a voter to vote based on uh let's say if they hadn't uh stayed in at an address or if there was no proof of that person uh picking uh picking up a postcard that was mailed to them maybe that person really didn't live there uh there was this code that he could use to go to the city uh challenge voters and literally purge them without them being there and the thing is they would have to be there in order uh to say okay no sir i really stay there um this is like I, I have yeah. i have my right you're challenging me and it's unfair the thing is what he would do is this uh one particular character in in the documentary he would send out postcards uh he would send out statements saying i'm taking you to the commission to challenge your right to vote and if you don't come um you're going to be purged from the roll and and sometimes these people wouldn't show up and they would immediately get purged so come election day not able to vote and it was that and i mean the whole gambit of issues that that was unfolded to you 
Um, I say just five seconds <laughs> into the doctor documentary, or it was probably a little bit over a minute into the documentary. That was the warning shot for me that something had indeed gone wrong. Yes, I had volunteered uh, for the election. I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to drive people to the polls. I wanted to uh, make sure that nobody turned them away from the polls. Um, that documentary really just gave me a look at how serious I should take take my work, the work I was doing. I don't think I took it. I was taking it as serious as I could have until I watched the documentary. Like, okay, yeah, it, it's kind of like almost the the encroachment of that trend thing that I was talking about. You know, it's like I'm 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 volunteering, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know. It looks good, but it's like, okay, true work involved. You get that in rigged, what you're really fighting for. Mm-hmm. And that just goes back to the education uh that you get on voting or that you don't get. Because even the people I volunteered with uh, in Memphis, um, they gave us the do's, the don'ts, um, the regulations and whatnot. But um, how important some of these some uh, these things are, sometimes that's not pushed over to you in a Zoom meeting. Sometimes it can't be. So when you see rigged, you start to realize, oh, I need to do this. This isn't even a, I, I, I got, I have to do this. Um, right. You know, by the time you get to play number five in rigged, the voting documentary, you start to realize if you don't do this work, no one else else will. And if you get tired out by this work because you didn't know how hard it was going to be, um, that's something that, that I mean it's sad to say but I feel like that's something that you could go through had you not been um I guess you could say put on game on what 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 your job really entails so uh that's what rig did rig rig gave me that extra little push to lean in uh lean in quicker faster stronger because you know me taking part was more than just it was more than just about me uh doing it in memphis you know by me taking part here in memphis you know i am hoping and praying that that in another state red state that somebody's volunteering there too because it's it can it can the level of severity of a polling location and not being able to vote it, it changes from state to state uh and you get to see that in red you know, it, it, it changes. So you have to be ready for the change, whatever yeah. comes. I know um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how in Georgia they have this system where they purge voters. If they don't vote after so many elections, they just purge them and the people would know. So they would go out, they would get ready for this election season and they're thinking that hey I got my candidate I know what I'm going to uh vote on and I get there and they're like oh no 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 not today not here and it's kind of like how do you live in a democracy that will take your rights from you without letting you know 
for no reason you have not committed any crimes the only crime you have uh, committed was not checking your mail because they're like well we send them notifications we send them notifications they should know they should be able to understand that if they want to participate this is their duty like they should have responded but what if you didn't i know how much trash mail comes to my house i know how often that stack of mail just sits there and there is a great chance that it won't get opened until a deadline has passed so you saying to these people whose rights have not been taken oh well you should have checked your mail that that that's not enough and we don't live in a country where my not checking my mail is the reason why i lose my vote that we should we should that we shouldn't have that type of democracy but we do we do we do we, we were you afraid election night waking up Wednesday morning thinking uh, that Trump had won the election were you afraid of, even a little just no, be honest be no honest. I wasn't afraid at all uh, I think maybe it was because I was tired too at the same time when you work and put your sweat into something uh i and and you truly know you gave everything you could give to something you're you tend not to be so you you give yourself a break some i don't know maybe that's just me uh but no i wasn't afraid i thought i had it's funny i did make sure to think about it though i did want to set my mind up uh to wake up in a certain way though so that that was true uh, and I said to myself, okay, what if he actually does win? I need to ask myself that. Um, and I knew I wasn't afraid because I knew that a lot of things had been gained in the past few months. One, more people, especially young people, had started to stand up and fight who had never did it before. Mm-hmm. And so I understood that win, lose, or draw, in the morning, we were still going to have to fight. Um, and I think one of the main reasons that I that I haven't been afraid is because even with Joe Biden, even though I was actually one of the poll watchers uh, working for the Democratic side, uh, as far as partisanship goes, uh, I knew that even if Joe gets into the office, we're going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. Even if Trump gets in, we're going to still have to fight. So um, my thing was all about, OK. Um, we're both we're gonna have to fight no matter who's elected. But I'm like, it's only one person who's gonna get elected who's gonna make it a more of an uphill battle for us. So if anything, I was I couldn't be worried because my thing is a fight is a fight. So waking up that election morning, it was like uh, I'm I'm gonna I was gonna fight the moment I woke up. I was gonna have to fight because at the end of the day, the presidency is just one position. Out of all of these, out of all of these bottom positions that affect things like policing, uh, that affect things like police brutality or that affect things like health care that affects your health policy and and who you're with. If you're with Cigna or Blue Cross, you know, you know, it's only the president is only one part of that. And so I don't think there is room to be 
afraid of who wins as long as you know you have to fight now and that i was reassured in i i, I was very confident that that um yeah we got to fight man anyway regardless <laughs> absolutely anyway. you gotta fight regardless. no need to be scared you gotta fight um what is one thing that you can say in the next 30 seconds um that you think people can do for their communities that they don't do hmm. that they can do right now well right now you can uh visit your uh closest community center and go see the kids that are at that community center um, I'm starting to realize that besides teachers, people, uh, adults who work at community centers are always looking uh, for people who will come in and volunteer that time. You don't have to be a teacher to touch a life of a kid. So volunteering uh, at your local community center to mentor kids or bring some type of program in uh, that uh that is attached to something that you do well, let's say in your personal life, be it music or uh, something to deal with uh, education. Um, man, that is one thing you can do right now, like really fast. You can make plans to do that. Get a mentee. Uh, besides that, I would say um, just just going to make sure to, uh, to support uh, community artists and community events uh, besides going to Eventbrite and looking for what's good at the bars around town. Uh, make sure you look at the community events for your um your for your city yeah your for on, on eventbrite because uh, sometimes you'll pass those I, I and i i'm guilty of it where some about someone will have a grant writing session or or or, uh, or a couple of different events and uh yeah you can uh go and do that as well get involved even on eventbrite Awesome. Well, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having If this election has accomplished anything, it's reminded us that we're all needed. It reminded us of the value in coming together, working towards a common goal, hoping against hope together for the betterment of humanity. Simply put, it showed us just how well community works. Until next time, I will leave you with words from our new Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Our unity is our strength and our diversity is our power. We reject the myth of us versus them. We are in this together. To learn more about what Aaron Isaiah has going on after he's done molding the minds of our future leaders, follow him on social media at underscore Aaron Isaiah. That's underscore A-A-Ron I-S-A-I-A-H. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell, please subscribe, comment, and share. Go on now, tell a friend. Refer me, girl. Go on, do it. I, I have faith in you.
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell. You can share with me at beingbetterpodcast.com or on Facebook or Instagram at beingbetterpod. You can also follow me, your host, Dorcas Dorsell, on Instagram or Twitter at Dosha Luna. That's D-O-C-I-A-L-U-N-A. Again, that's D-O-C-I-A-L-U-N-A. Dosha Luna. I promise I'll explain it to you later. If you want to add to the show, leave me a message at anchor.fm forward slash being better with D forward slash message. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash being better with D forward slash message. I cannot wait to hear from you. I want to hear all of your suggestions. You can ask me questions. I will try to provide you with answers and we will just continue on this journey together. Until next time, peace.